1: Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris McCarthy. Um, We've got a good show ahead for you tonight. We've actually, you know, we've been talking a lot about what's going on in New Bedford. Yes. We covered the state elections, but we've also committed to covering the other local elections in the surrounding town. Uh, One of those elections is happening in Dartmouth, and it's a school committee election. And it's a bit of a crowded field, it seems. So uh, we're going to have all the candidates on, um, the first uh, of whom is with us now, uh, Lynn Turner. Hey, Lynn, how are you?
2: Oh, good thank you
1: thanks for joining us Lynn thanks for joining us so before you know we get into the issues um, if you'd like uh, to introduce yourself to uh, to the audience and tell uh, everyone why you're running for Dartmouth School Committee
2: well hello everyone in Dartmouth I am Lynn Turner running for school committee I ran last year um, and got a lot of votes but not quite enough so I'm giving it another try Some of my platform is uh, to focus on um, strong fundamentals of our education. Um, We've had a lot of learning loss due to the COVID mandates and um, lockdowns. So we wanna make sure that the kids don't fall through the cracks as they try to gain back ground that they may have lost. I also want to uh, make sure that we have uh, education without political bias. I think we need to really focus on letting the kids have uh, t- uh, time to find, figure out what they think on various issues without being told what to think. And I also would like transparency for parents and taxpayers on how we're using funds and what we're teaching the children.
1: So we're speaking with Lynn Turner. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Um, so just during in on something you said, you said you wanna get rid of political bias in education. What exactly do you mean?
2: So a lot of, um, some of the education has a bias, um, usually slanting to the left, um, you know, um, to try to get the kids to, um, I guess, you know, advocate for things that they feel are important. And I think it's important that we allow the kids to see all sides of issues and maybe debate different topics to, um kind of let them have a chance to figure out how they feel on certain issues.
1: What particular issues do you think that they should see all sides of that they're not seeing right now?
2: Uh, Pretty much any current issue should be looked at all sides. There is a website called allsides.com and it has um, three different views presented on a lot of the current topics that are being talked about. Um, There's a a right-leaning Um, article from a right-leaning publication, a left-leaning article from a left-leaning publication, and then there's an article on the same topic that is more of a middle ground type of um, uh, viewpoint. So the older kids, you know, that are ready for discussing what's going on in our world, I think it would be important to allow them to see all sides of issues um, and kind of, I, I think, We've become a very divided society, and a lot of times, you know, people have decided which side of, of topics they're on. And I think going to something like All Sides provides um, a neutral ground for everyone to be able to use their own thoughts um, and critical think you know how they feel on the
3: issues. thank you um so we're speaking with lynn turner who's a candidate for the dartmouth school committee lynn as as you're probably well aware um teachers unions are not allowed by law to strike so it does give a lot of power to school committees okay whereas in the private sector unions can strike um unfortunately that has led to some wildcat strikes recently in massachusetts so if you are elected to the school committee one of your major functions will be to Do contracts, Um, and you you will have an outsized power over the union when it comes to negotiating. But as long as you sit at the table, generally speaking, unions and, and management come to an agreement. What is your theory, your your thought process on labor union negotiations?
2: So for the labor and union negotiations I think we do need to approach it with an open mind um, there's certainly a lot that I will need to learn on all of the topics that w- will be facing us um, I would like to be a practical candidate that looks at what is as fair as possible for all parties involved um, including our taxpayers and our teachers um, I also would like to um, think out of the box a little bit what our teachers are dealing with is a health issue health care costs that right. have risen to mm-hmm. the point where they're assuming a lot of their pay yes and that seems to be one of the main issues and the other one is um the the ta's and the secretary's pay has not increased much at all um over many years so those two things and inflation is really crunching um those people especially so my my thought on the health issue is I would like, I don't know if, if people have looked at this yet, but it would be beneficial to look at doing a consortium with other towns um, on the health uh, with Blue Cross Blue Shield, which can bring down the premium costs mm-hmm. and um, it might allow our towns to be able to assume more percentage as well of their premium because of the lower cost, um, which would in effect give them a feel of a bump in pay, <clears throat> and then we need to look at you know if we can afford to increase their pay as well
1: so we're speaking with uh, Lynn Turner, she's a candidate for Dartmouth school committee so um one of the one of the prevailing issues in the last election was whether or not the um, Dartmouth athletics and, and the schools should, uh, keep the Indian logo and the Indian mascot name. U- ultimately the town voted overwhelmingly to, to, to maintain it. Um, but a lot of that, uh, a lot of those discussions were taken up in the school committee. Um, what is your position? And, and I know, um, you know, some, many consider it a settled issue, but I've heard that, uh, it, ha- it has come up from time to time. What is your position on the dartmouth indian logo would you vote to change it or will you would you vote to keep it if it came uh if it came up in front of you
2: okay so first of all if it came up in front of me i would definitely vote to keep it i was one of the first (coughs) candidates last (coughs) excuse me last time around that signed the um, pledge to keep the name and the logo I am also excited about the educational component about um, celebrating our local history with our Wampanoag tribe. Um, I feel that they were unfairly um, treated as far as how that um, diversity, equity, and inclusion committee treated them. Um, the tribe and the designer who was part of the tribe was asking you know, for some, they were asking to keep it. And the committee spent all of their time during the COVID shutdown time Focused on getting rid of the Indian, and um, they didn't have the actual people that created it even come in to speak to their com- subcommittee. They only had naysayers from outside areas come in and speak to that committee, and they also you know spent all their time worrying about that instead of focusing on what was really affecting our children, which was the lack of learning time and you know and motivation honestly for the kids um, who were not in an environment with
1: peers and um, in-person learning. So we're speaking with Lynn Turner. She's a candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. So, Lynn, um,
3: two of the things that are really big out there in Dartmouth are extracurricular activities, and in particular sports and the band. Um, I happen to know because Ken Pittman, who's one of the uh, hosts here on the, on, on the weekends, his children have been involved in the band as well as involved in the football program. Um, talk a little bit about your thoughts on extracurricular activities, in particular sports and the band.
2: So uh, Dartmouth has an amazing band that is a pride of Dartmouth. Um, we also have a lot of amazing sports teams that right. perform very well. <clears throat> I think um, the band and our sports are definitely something to be very proud of. We also have a lot of clubs and activities that aren't sports and uh, band-related that um, allow kids to find a group and a, and a niche to of, of people to hang with. Right. So um, I definitely feel that kids need groups and, and things to do with their peers. So I am supportive of all of those things. I myself was in band and tennis when I was in high school. I, I played the flute and piccolo, um, which, you know, we had a, a great, and we performed and um, competed with the band. Um, and I also played tennis um, throughout much of my high school and i still play tennis in fact i was a coach of the uh tiverton high school girls tennis team um in 2021 and um we did quite well and
3: congratulations yeah thank you so um well just just i i so i appreciate that You, you you um but when it comes to everyone can be supportive But, Lynn, but just to get down to brass tacks, when it comes budget time, they're going to need advocates in the room. Would you consider yourself an advocate at budget time for those extracurricular activities?
2: Um, I am an advocate. Um, We do need balance as well. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I'm running as a practical, common sense candidate. So, you know, I'm new on the field. So I need to look at, um, you know, the expenditures and, you know, the needs and certainly, um um you know work collaboratively with um the, the the committee and and um I am an advocate for you know making sure we we have strong um support in those areas. I appreciate but that. But I answer. also know that we need to be practical as well.
1: Totally so, agree. I, I want to go back to your political bias um point that you were making about going to websites that have uh you know allsides.com which I I admittedly have just heard about. But um but, uh, um, the, there's a lot of discussion locally, you know, old Rochester just took up some issues, um, about, uh, book banning essentially. Um, they want to ban certain books from schools and ban. Mm-hmm. you know, some, there's some school districts here and across the country that want to ban certain curriculum from schools. So when you talk mm-hmm. about getting rid of political bias from schools, mm-hmm. are you talking about banning book, certain books and certain curriculums, uh, from the schools?
2: So I actually do not appreciate the word banning. I actually think we need to start looking at it um, outside of that word because what it really is is coming down to discretion and whose discretion are we going to use when we are looking at what's appropriate for what age group and um, and for that that subset of, of public school environment. Um, so we definitely need to be... Um, using good discretion on what is available in those environments. We do have kids from all kinds of backgrounds and all walks of life, Um, and we want to make sure that they're supported and feeling safe and comfortable, but we also don't want to be providing, um, you know, an opportunity to look at, you know, you know, to be extreme, pornography or something like that. So, I mean, we have to use good discretion on what's available um, and what is promoted, absolutely. You know, we need to keep our focus that the kids are growing in their skills, that they are um, supported in their um, prowess for, for learning and um, and for setting them up for, for bright futures.
1: Are there pornographic <laughs> books in the Dartmouth school libraries right now?
2: That I don't know. I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um we speak- i just use that as an example when you say banning books mm-hmm. there's books on all different kinds of topics so i mean what i'm saying is we need to have good discretion on what's available in our public school setting i think most people would agree
1: well what is i mean that's all fairly subjective. Like, what types of books do you think are inappropriate? Besides the the very obvious, you know, pornographic books. Sure, we shouldn't have copies of Penthouse in school libraries, but we, like, we're actually just trying to test your knowledge of pornography. <laughs> do, you, do you have a, yeah, a running yeah.
3: list of books? <laughs> I'm joking with you.
1: No, no, no. Besides, you know, pornography, for example. What 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 areas do you think that the Dartmouth uh, should practice more discretion in?
2: You know, honestly, I haven't been in the libraries to find out what all we have in our libraries, um, but there, that comes to my other thing about transparency. I think it is important that we see what books we have in our libraries, and, yeah, we need to weigh in on them. So I'm one of the parents. There's many parents in this town. You know, they need to feel like their kids are going to a place that is supporting their learning and and not compromising them, so There are um, books out and available that, you know, parents are concerned about. And I think that's a a real discussion that we need to have as well.
3: So, um,
1: what books?
2: I don't have a list of books, but um, if I get a list of books, I'll look at them.
1: What topics do these books books cover? You said there are parents that are concerned.
2: Um, Well, you see it all across the country. You brought it up to me. (laughs) So...
1: (laughs) Okay, um, so we're, sp- we're speaking with Lynn Turner. She is a candidate for, uh, uh, for Dartmouth School Committee. So, Lynn, you mentioned that you, you know, you're, you're a parent as well. Um, how,
3: how old are your kids? Um, are they in the public schools, and, and are you a, a taxpayer in the, in the town of
2: Dartmouth? Okay, so yes, that's a great topic. So I have five children. Um, three of them have graduated from Dartmouth High School, and they are in their 30s. Um, and then I have two that are of high school age. My son is a junior at Dartmouth High School, and my daughter has just started um, as a freshman at Bishop Stang.
1: Oh, I went to Stang.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, so who, who she'll, she'll be Stang withdrawing her school. Marcus. She'll be withdrawing that <laughs> child tomorrow.
1: <laughs> so I didn't go to, to Stang. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, Sorry. Um, so, what other issues do you think are important in this uh, in this oh, election? But, but are you a taxpayer in the town?
2: What's
3: that? Are, do, do, are you a, a taxpayer in the town of Dartmouth?
2: Oh yes. Okay. One of the issues. I'm a resident and a taxpayer. We have our own um, business. Uh, yeah. So we have. Um, you know, we're we're self employed, and um, we pay a lot of taxes.
1: You certainly <laughs> do. Thank you. So uh, what other issues that we haven't covered do you think are important in this election?
2: Oh, um, well, um, I think you've covered a lot. You know, we have our teachers that need, um, you know, attention, Um, we also, uh, there is another issue as far as, um, so I have my background is in elementary education. Um, I was a teacher years before I had my children um, and now I help with our business and um, you know I did some coaching but I also um, in talking with to people on the campaign trail there is a, our, our school is, is, is just they have really high expectations for students and I love it um, they have um, a lot of honors classes and challenging courses for kids as well as you know some basic classes But what I'm finding is that um, some kids, especially with the learning loss um, with math, um, I know that um, you know they. they, What I'm hearing from some frustrated parents is their kids are lacking some math, and their building blocks are just there's holes that they're trying to figure out or get extra tutoring um, on. And the only options for year four math is um, calculus or uh, statistics, which is great for college-bound students. Yes. But there are students that, at this point, they might feel like, you know, they don't really need that for their future. And so I, I do propose that um, our high school consider, uh, or, I, I, you know, try to advocate for our high school to consider um, a year four math that is more practical-minded like maybe you know a component of personal finance i know we do have a personal finance in our business section but i i propose that it move um it's only a half credit but move over to the math um uh part of our course curriculum and that um and and have a a full year of practical math and it may be like um personal uh, personal finance and stem or something or some some kind of practical inspiring math that will, will make kids excited about the program and also help them in their future endeavors i think that's a great um, idea Lynn.
3: that's a great idea oh, thank you. yeah i in fact i have a neighbor who's a school teacher in, at dynam diamond he's in Fairhaven here but he teaches at diamond and he teaches practical math over there and, and his kids love it and it and really oh. helps them out. Yeah, no, yeah, I think oh, it's a great idea. Oh, the
2: diamonds. I may mean, have to talk to that person. That is yeah. really exciting. So I do think that is something that Dartmouth would, would benefit our students. And also, um, we, you know, we have students that would like to have gone to Vogue or some kind of a hands-on curriculum, and they might not have been able to get in because it is selective. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dartmouth really might need to look at, um, you know, if there's ways that we can kind of work with that subset of students that would like to have maybe some opportunities maybe in our community um with hands-on um <clears throat> you know opportunities and you know like those practical types of courses and the practical math that you mentioned at diamond lynn
3: how do you, do you have yep. a website or something people can get more information about you before we let go
2: i do my website is vote and my name is spelled l-y-n-n-e Lynn, thanks Vote
1: for Lynn, thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Have All a right, day. Good take luck. care.
1: Go Indians. No, you never say that on
3: this program. Go Indians. Ever? No, Honestly, no, no, the hell no. I want in this no, program. no, you never say that on this program. <laughs> What's wrong with Indians? Go no, Indians.
1: I went to Stang. You can't. You, you oh, cannot root for I, the <laughs> Indians. <Yeah. laughs> I,
3: thought, I thought you were upset
1: about something else. Well, that's a whole other discussion. But um, we got to. We see some calls on. Go Spartans too. We got to see some see some calls online we gotta that's take that's what you
3: guys with the Spartans right yeah all those men together in a camp
1: the Spartans we gotta take a break we'll be right back <laughs> welcome back
3: unless I'm getting paid to do it say it the, you're not I, no you're we not. had no we had one at one time <laughs> what we had a spot. we had one of those sponsors oh, oh, big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah big yeah. time. yeah right 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 um that's so, not what I, that's not what I mean. No, I understand. So <laughs>
1: we um we had uh, a nice interview with uh Lynn Turner of Dartmouth who's running for school committee. Yeah, and, and we got um Eric Moranti, She's on next week, and and uh, I get to reach out to the other member. You know, this all came through uh, a friend right. who's you know been focused. I mean, was really focused on the defend Dartmouth stuff last right. year um and uh now you know there's these candidates running it's still going to be an issue i don't think it's something that there's i think some members of the school committee that don't want to give that up just yet um it's just, good talk radio someone man. compared it to us the the civil rights movement at one point to so them. i yeah look my, my feeling
3: and, and i know it i know that i'm one of the few people actually here at WBSM I mean, that feels this way, but oh boy. I really would like rather keep the children's issues out of out out of my world, the talk radio world. But that's that's my opinion. Um, uh, I just think it, kids get too overheated about stuff like that. But anyway, um, what they'll find out later in life is that their childhood is, should be fun. It doesn't really matter about the rest of their life. That what happens in your childhood stays in your childhood and you move on you, you do other things what seems so important today yeah ultimately it's not that important um but anyway the um thing i i, I did like is that uh, my, my opinion on the i've seen a lot of illegal teacher strikes over the years and i never think teachers should be put in that position where they have to strike illegally yeah um and i find it it may sound crazy to some people, but the school committee has a legal powers beyond what the unions have. Yeah, And so they have much more power because it is illegal for, for teachers, to, for, for, for a lot of strong reasons. Yeah, It's illegal for teachers to strike. So some school committee members use that to their advantage mm-hmm. and essentially force the teachers in, into an illegal action. Um, now, again, I get it. They don't have to take illegal action, but you're seeing more, more of that markets around the
1: state. Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, striking is something a lot, uh, most other labor unions uh, are able to do, yes. right? Uh, effectively. Right. So to, to, it's part of their collective bargaining power to say, right. okay, well, we're not going to work until you give us what we need, right? right.
3: What, we, what we agree, and, and most management teams, because there is that strike piece out there, do work with that in the back of their mind mm-hmm. but because it's illegal for public employees to strike and i think it should be you have certain people who would rather mm-hmm. dig in than than negotiate right right and the thing about you know i, I negotiate a lot of public employee contracts um for the town of freetown and scott lang was a union lawyer oftentimes and we're able to come to some very reasonable agreements. And, right. I, and look, I'm, I'm in favor of the, of the firefighters. I fi- am I appreciate what the police do. Um, please, please appreciate what town workers do. Uh, appreciate what teachers do. Although I never did a teacher's contract. But my point being is that even though I knew they couldn't legally strike, I never use that. Yeah. In my back pocket, say, well, screw you. You, I'll, you can't do anything, so I could do whatever I want to. You. That's no way to negotiate. Of course. But if you look around the state, Marcus you see that that is happening. Yeah. And now, again, I don't know all the details in Melrose. I don't know. I wasn't in the room, obviously. Um, but my opinion is that when a teacher's have to do an illegal strike, something has gone horribly of wrong. Of course. Right? Yeah. Horribly wrong.
1: Yeah, because, you know, it's it's not only... it's They don't want to do it. Exactly. Because it's against the law. Yeah. They put themselves... Like, there are serious fines and even arrestable offenses that and are tied to that. it disturbs the culture Yeah, that's the, the other, exactly, yeah. And people that want to teach want to teach. Right. And you someone, know, they don't want to disrupt the whole year's lesson plan. Just People but, who can't afford to strike end mm-hmm. up having to cross the line
3: uh, or, or try not to cross. It just becomes a really unfortunate thing. And again, it's up to the school committee. Uh, generally speaking, whether that happens. Have you been to
1: allsides.com? I never have. <laughs> and I probably won't. I probably won't either. I, <laughs> I you gotta be honest, it I out. Do. There's only one side, and that's my side. I go to WBSM.com. I go to w That's allsides.com. <laughs> you, you, that's true. This is allsides.com. You can hear, you can listen to me or Chris. You can listen right. to Barry or Tim. This is all sides. Yeah, even getting <laughs> Sheriff Hodgson in the morning. Now you're getting, yeah. Now you're getting Sheriff Hodgson, and then, and then next
3: week you'll get a very well tanned Phil Padalugis. You won't, you won't
1: notice, you won't notice the tan. You won't notice. Well, you'll <laughs> notice in his voice. In his voice, yeah. It'll, <laughs> it'll either be I'm like a guy who just got a tan.
3: It'll be it'll sound like a guy <laughs> who wishes he hadn't come home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, "What am I doing?" here? So you know it's fun, uh Sheriff Hodgson's filling in this week, and. Uh, When Phil went to New Bedford Day back in 2020 or New Bedford Week or whatever it's called, I filled in for Phil. And that's how I sort of like, you know, started doing the hosting gig and I ended up here. So what's next for Tom
3: Hodgson? Um, I guess Phil could get COVID and then... (laughs) Let's, let's not forget minor, my minor dalliance with death that that also got you the chair for a while. That's true. It's a good point. It's a good point.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but Marcus, the no. But again, I, I thought she was. Um, look, Darrell. Darrell, I think
1: you said has a lot of candidates this year, right? Yeah, I I, I know there's an incumbent and there's a few others that others are running. An incumbent. Running? Yeah. So we're gonna. Again, this was referred to me by uh, a friend. Uh, formerly a Dartmouth resident. Formerly a Dartmouth resident. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe we'll be again soon, for all we know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, wig, have Wig, Guam, will travel.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, so, Marcus, you and I... Um, have been talking quite a bit here about the city council in New Bedford because, look, why is it important if you don't live in New Bedford? Well, because as goes New Bedford, goes goes South Coast. It's yeah. really true. Yeah. Um, the um, the people of New Bedford, um, their votes, the government of New Bedford, their votes
1: um, have a tremendous impact on the entire region. Of course, right? I mean, look at all this. I mean, look at uh, like. The governor's coming down tomorrow, right, yes. to talk about offshore wind. That's not just the city benefit. That's a regional benefit, right, that offshore winds. If you live in Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Freetown, et cetera, you can get those anywhere jobs Anywhere the too. wind blows. Any, anywhere the wind blows, you can get those jobs as well. So, um, you know, it's the—, it's the, it's the And you're going to get to buy that electricity. And you're going to get to buy that electricity. So, so you might want to inquire as to what the price is going
3: to be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Go, how come no one talks about that, Marcus?
1: You'll have to ask um, Mayor Mitchell. What the price uh, is going to be. You can ask the lieutenant governor tomorrow when we have her on.
3: So we're going to have the lieutenant governor on. And, and folks, I have to tell you something. Um, I really enjoy her. Uh, Mm -hmm. When she came down, she sat uh, here in the studio with us before the election. Mayor of Salem, very, very qualified. Um, Really a great pick by uh, Governor Healy to bring Mm -hmm. on uh, the lieutenant governor. So... I, um, I look forward to speaking with her. Um, she has had a v- variety of experiences, to include being involved with taking over the receivership of the city of Chelsea in the eighties.
1: Yeah, because she was the city she attorney. She looks younger than that, though. She was the city. She was the
3: city attorney. She looks too young to have been involved in that receivership, but she was. And it it's. Um, you sure it was the eighties? Actually, it was nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was the nine, it, was, yeah, it, yeah, it was Bill, Bill Weld. You're right. Yeah. All the all the transgressions occurred in the eighties.
1: In the nineties, they would they down. came to a halt. In the nineties the chickens came home to roost. Okay, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, all right, so 508 996 500 Let's take a break, we'll be right back.
0: 1420 WBSM <laughs> is now also on 99.5 FM. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Go down till the sun comes up. South Coast tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Let's go to the phones. Good evening.
4: Hey, Marcus and Chris, how are you
1: doing tonight? Good, how's it going, Tom?
4: Good, with the mayor from Salem uh, coming in. The lieutenant lieutenant governor of
1: the Commonwealth.
4: Yes, now lieutenant (laughs) governor. Let me finish for you. (laughs) Uh, The the, the thing that I'd be interested in talking about is your dealings with the Crowley International uh, Company up there in Salem, and maybe she could shed some light on uh, their efforts down here. I think that would be an, an important part of the conversation if you could bring that up with her. Um, second thing was, Chris, last night... That's uh, the wind piece. The, uh, uh, that's, they're, they're one of the wind
3: it, people. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. With the interjection of uh, the email from uh, Mr. Beauregard, that was stunning to me. It really was. I was unaware of that program being operated here in the city through the Housing Authority, mm-hmm. and I thought that may have been a need for more communication or that availability from someone. Uh, you know, as my wheels were spinning, and you know I'm not computer literate, so right. it's basically just thinking out of the box and putting stuff together on with that fresh idea that you complimented me on. Yeah. Uh, and it was already invented right. according to what was presented. But yeah. uh, my mind is a little bit different because I'm looking at that from the standpoint you've got a federal agency, HUD, uh, in collaboration with a federal agency, Department of Veteran Affairs, and their jurisdiction goes from Providence to P-Town. I don't know. I have to determine and find out whether simply they, they have a certain number of slots for each city and town as it goes along, can you use that uh, voucher? With I'd your call the housing authority,
1: Tom. I think these questions would be effectively directed towards the housing authority. Because, I mean, like, it's great well, that maybe. Steve listens, maybe and I'm happy to, to answer VA. those questions. But I think... I
4: disagree I, with you, Mark, because I think that they should be directed to the VA. Because there's people that were Well, no, you can call
3: anybody <laughs> you want. I'm just telling <laughs> you that if you call the, the New Bedford uh, housing <laughs> authority,
4: they'll, 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 they'll,
3: they'll, they'll probably be able to help you out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that will happen, Charlie, and I'll get back to you on, on no. whether I succeeded or not. Sure. But anyway, it was a stunner to me as it was to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Tom, yeah. I got a question since you're on the line. Sure. Um, when you were in the city council, did you guys all meet together for, like, dinners? Never. No, never?
4: No, no, never. Matter of fact, when uh, the big push for the open meeting walk came through, uh, I remember going into some type of function... And people come up and say, you can't be here. You're violating the open meeting law. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. (laughs) So it it was that stringent because of the effort from the media uh, trying to make sure that that particular uh, provision of the law was adhered to constantly. Yeah, so no, I never went to dinner with anybody on the council. Uh, I mean, we had the regular uh, dinner for inauguration day back in those days, but that was about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that, those are, aside from the functions, he didn't like, oh, hey, let's go meet at, you know, Antonio's or whatever, Freestone's. Nope, never
4: did, no. Nope.
1: Right. Um, to,
3: Tom, just just one of the piece, um, I know you're not computer guy, so you haven't seen the column yet, but Jack Splane's got a column saying, that, talk, pointing out the real dysfunction with the city existing city council right now, to include the stuff just showing up on the agenda floor, really important stuff, but ju- it's just appearing on the floor. Um, yeah, did that, that ever that, happen that, when you were on the council?
4: Once in a while, you would get something uh, from the administration that nobody knew about until the day of the meeting. You might have heard rumblings a couple of days before uh, through the council clerk's office. And usually, depending on on what that was, if it was an emergency type thing, yeah, they would discuss it fully and vote up and down. But if it was something that was rather routine, you'd refer it to committee. That's all. Uh, But, yeah, I'm noticing the same thing. Uh, And these things are, are just coming in flying off the box and, and they right. should be before they they, they 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 move forward uh for example e- even this uh rent stabilization it should have been referred to a committee or something and uh it hashed out and then come up with something so that when people do vote for it there's there's meat and potatoes and what Correct. they're voting for Correct. this this effort is there's nothing to it it's dangerous in the sense of what that's, going exactly. to my opinion, what that's going to do to landlords
3: dangerous you know? is right. And also, uh, as I've said, a cruel hoax to the, to the, to the renting community. That's desperately trying to pay their rent.
4: Uh, that, that, that's trying to figure this whole thing out. Right. It's, uh, it, it, it's going to be the issue of the next, you know, five years anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but you know, wise minds can get together. And, uh, if there's a little more, uh, coordination in the council with, with, uh, the players involved, if you will, right. uh, which is basically landlords, separate the ones that are that are mom and pop and the ones that are you know doing it for money from outside the area. And maybe there's things that could be done there. You know, you transfer tax. You know, or if you're coming in and you're buying a building uh, and you live in New York, you know, there's a transfer tax. Right. You know, just a, you know, temper, sort of slow it down, temper it so that we can figure this out as we move forward.
1: Tom, thanks for the call. We appreciate appreciate it, it, Tom. Thank you very much. Valuable perspective on that. Yes. We're going to take a break.
3: (laughs) And welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. As always, Marcus Farrow is holding the fort down as well. Marcus. So so, um, right about now, Marcus, we were talking off the air, is the time for people who want to run a serious campaign in the city of New Bedford For at large or counselor at large or any of the positions to start really getting their ducks in a row. Start talking to their friends, start talking to the family members, lining up a couple of, a little bit of initial funding so you can pay for the basics. Um, It's expensive. It's not prohibitive what you can, what you can do, you know, to get a campaign started. But don't, don't talk about starting in July or something like that. If you've never run before, you've really got to start to line it up now.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Um, and I think there's plenty
1: of reasons to run. Yeah. There's plenty of reasons. Well, you've got the city council president that wants to take away CPA funding, right? And is lying to people about it. He's got the. Which is
3: amazing because Marcus, she has the last, she and the rest of the council have the last say on how the money's spent. Yeah. And they've never put up a. A, a bit of protest about how the money's spent Never So there's no, as, as we pointed out before And the uh, good ca- former counsel from the South End agreed That He's never seen it before You just have these amazing big issues Hitting the council floor No hearings ahead of time No opportunity to generate any conversation, debate It's a
1: legislative body for good sakes Yeah, right. It just parachutes onto the floor Just there it is, here we are, boom Yeah Think about it. The CPA thing, especially. The rent control thing It's a big issue. It's a big issue. It's billions of dollars. It's a big issue. There's at least some, I guess, statewide conversation on it, but like that would think that would get people talking about it. Like I've talked about it here. You know, rent control is a policy. But right. but like this CPA one, the CPA, the mayor's
3: four-year term. Oh yeah,
1: that's just a, that's that's hey, that's an exercise in, in catharsis. That's like therapeutic for people who are upset that they they're not mayor.
3: So so, folks, Jack Spillane um has has got a nice article that came out today, I believe in the in the New Bedford Light, New Bedford Light.